Did you know that in Christ you have an indestructible life? That's fantastic news all the time, but it's especially encouraging when life gets hard or feels uncertain. Don't give up. Satan can't have you, the world can't overcome you, and the challenges you face can't stop you. In Christ, you're indestructible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Indestructible Life, a podcast for women who want to learn more about God and themselves through the lives of Bible people. I'm Emily Wickham, a wife and mom, plus a writer and speaker, but most importantly, I'm a woman loved by God, just like you. Well, time is moving right along, and today's message brings us halfway through Season 2 and our study of people in the book of John. Wow, thank you so much for being part of this ministry. I hear from some of you every now and then, and your feedback encourages me. Please know I value you and pray God uses these Bible teachings for His glory in your life. And speaking of God using these teachings in your life, I have an idea. I'd love to feature your testimony of how God is using this podcast in your life. And you can share your thoughts as a review, and I might decide to share part or all of it with everyone at the beginning of the next episode. I really think this will be a fun way to connect and celebrate what God is doing through Indestructible Life. And also, I just have a couple other things to mention. First, if you're ever interested in being kept in the loop with what God is doing through my overall ministry, please subscribe to my monthly ministry update at ProclaimingHimToWomen.com. And secondly, episode five will be coming to you earlier than normal in June. I have not narrowed down a date, but Lord willing, it will be before June 13th. All right, let's move on to today's message. You know, it took me longer than normal to decide who should be our focus for this episode, but somehow the Lord took me back to John 1, and I wondered how I had missed Jesus' interactions with Andrew, Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. It became clear the Holy Spirit was directing me to take a closer look at Nathanael, one of the twelve disciples who does not appear much in Scripture. In fact, he's only covered in John 1 and John 21, although there are other Bible verses that refer to him as Bartholomew, his other name. And that in itself was a discovery for me because I did not know Nathanael and Bartholomew were the same person. One article stated, and I quote, Most Bible scholars believe Nathaniel and Bartholomew were the same person. The name Bartholomew is a family designation, meaning son of Tolmai. Nathaniel means gift of God. In the Synoptic Gospels, the name Bartholomew always follows Philip in lists of the twelve. In the Gospel of John, Bartholomew is not mentioned at all. Nathaniel is listed instead after Philip. End quote. 
So although the Bible doesn't specifically state Nathaniel and Bartholomew were the same person, I tend to agree with the assessment I just read. Also, the fact that the Gospel of John puts Nathanael in the direct company of other disciples when they were called by Jesus, as well as when they met with their risen Lord at their seaside breakfast, compels me to consider Nathanael and Bartholomew as the same person. And the more I've considered Nathanael's interaction with Jesus, the more curious I've become. Aspects of their dialogue in John 1 puzzled me at first, and it's been an enlightening experience as I have prayed and researched and learned in preparation for this message. So I hope you're excited to learn more from aspects of Nathaniel's character. Let me get us started by reading today's passage, John 1, verses 35 through 51. Again the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day he purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, your word holds such wonderful delights for us, and it amazes me how you reveal truth to us 
through your word, and, and we see new things, even when we have read the same passage over and over. Thank you for what you are going to teach us by the power of the Spirit regarding uh, Nathaniel and his character. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why did Nathaniel ask if anything good could come from Nazareth? It seems like a negative statement for him to make right after Philip told him they'd found the one Moses and the prophets wrote about. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I'm sure Philip was excited and and then Nathaniel just comes right out with this sort of negative comment. But evidently, Nazareth did not have the greatest reputation. According to gotquestions.org, and I quote, Nazareth and all of the area around Galilee was seen as a low and wicked place, end quote. Also, Joel Ryan at BibleStudyTools.com referred to the people of Nazareth as rough, uncultured, and uneducated. This information reveals why Nathaniel was skeptical about anything good coming from Nazareth. And I have to say, learning about this unfavorable perspective of Nazareth makes me love Jesus even more. He was willing to come to earth in the most inconspicuous manner. He was not born into a prominent wealthy family, but entered this world into a lowly and poor situation. And now we find out even the area he grew up in, Nazareth, was looked down upon. There was nothing about Jesus' appearance or societal standing that impressed people. Yet he succeeded in securing salvation and eternal life for all who believe in him. He conquered death and rose back to life. Our Lord is more than amazing, and I trust seeing this detail will inspire you to worship Him yet again. You know, that was one of my prayer requests about this message, is that it would lead us to worship. Well, okay, now let's get back to Nathaniel's question. First of all, I want us to keep in mind he was speaking with Philip, who appears to have been a good friend. I think Nathaniel felt safe expressing his innermost thought to his friend, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. There are certain people in our lives who we can share with in a transparent way. We can tell them things we wouldn't necessarily tell everyone, and each of these people are a gift from God. The Lord knows we need trusted people to confide in because it lightens our load. Yet we need to choose these people carefully. We should entrust ourselves to those who love the Lord and walk in His ways, people who sincerely seek God and aim to live for Him. As for Nathaniel, he spoke his mind to Philip about the condition of Jesus' hometown, Nazareth. But even though he was skeptical, he respected Philip enough to follow him to Jesus. I love that. God is so kind to put people in our lives who can help us grow closer to him. Let's not miss their efforts to point us to Jesus. 
Let's not disregard their godly advice. Even though we might be initially skeptical like Nathaniel, let's give credence to the wise counsel of Christian friends because it might be God's way of directing us into Christ's presence. Now, there's another aspect of Nathaniel's character I want us to see. He was honest. Listen to Jesus' evaluation in verse 47. When he saw Nathanael, he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And the more I've thought about this, here's what I find remarkable. Think back with me to the founding fathers of the nation of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Despite their faith and other positive qualities, each of them practiced deceit at least once. Abram asked his beautiful wife, Sarai, to tell the Egyptians she was his sister because he was afraid they would kill him in order to have her. Years later, Abraham and Sarah's son, Isaac, deceived the men of Gerar for the same reason concerning his wife, Rebekah. He was afraid they would kill him since she was beautiful. And then there was Jacob. He deceived his father, Isaac, by pretending to be his twin brother so he could receive Esau's blessing. We can see from these three examples that deceit tainted the testimony of Israel's founding fathers. And to me, their failure in this area makes Jesus' statement about Nathanael being without deceit especially noteworthy. It reminds me of Psalm 51.6, which says, Behold, thou dost desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part thou wilt make me know wisdom. God delights in honesty. He wants us to be honest with ourselves, honest with others, and honest with Him. Nathaniel did not follow in the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the realm of deceit. And let me add another thought. One source I read commented on Philip and Nathaniel's dedication to studying the Old Testament scriptures along with looking for their Messiah. This is supported by Philip's first mention of Jesus in verse 45, in which he said, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. You know, I didn't appreciate all these details about Nathaniel the first few times I read through this entire passage. I, I honestly was confused by <laughs> a few things. But by meditating on this Bible portion, talking to the Lord about what I didn't understand, and reading other people's insights, He has helped me. I have gained a better grasp of this little-known disciple. And, and now, when I look at this passage, it's, it's really a special portion of Scripture. I've come to see Nathaniel's devotion to Scripture and desire for the Lord that they indicate the honorable nature of his character. You know, you can tell a lot about a person based on their activities and, and how they spend their time. 
Nathaniel cared deeply about God's ways, and he sought the scriptures to understand more about the Messiah who had been promised to the nation of Israel. I'm convinced Nathaniel was a true and honest man. What about us? Are we honest with others, or do we try to arrange details to our benefit? Are we honest with God, confessing to Him by admitting when we're wrong and asking for forgiveness? Are we honest with ourselves, or do we attempt to avoid truth by staying busy, doing good things, and so on? Let's remember Nathaniel, a man Jesus credited for his honesty. I also want us to consider Nathanael's response to Jesus' opening words. He heard the Lord describe him as an Israelite without deceit, and he wondered out loud, asking Jesus, How do you know me? Because think about it. Jesus had never met Nathanael, so how could he know what kind of person he was? It's not like the internet was available back then where you could look people up and, and read about them and, and you know look on their social media pages and kind of get a feel for what type of person they were. No, <laughs> that was not the case at all. And, and truly, uh, even with the internet, God is the only one who can know a person and understand a person to the core without any help from any other resource. Because God is our creator. He knows us completely inside and out. And so Nathaniel just was uh, instantly and very understandably curious about how Jesus knew him. And Jesus's answer takes us to the final aspect I want us to grasp about this man of God. In verse 48, the Lord said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I I considered a few options about this last descriptive word for Nathaniel, but I just sensed someone, or maybe even more than one, needed to hear this description. Nathanael was seen. Not only did the Lord Jesus Christ know Nathanael to the core of his being, he also saw him in every part, every activity of his life. Psalm 139.3 says, Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down, and art intimately acquainted with all my ways. Verses 15 and 16 continue. My frame was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in thy book they were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. In Genesis 16:13, Hagar identifies God as the God who sees because he saw all she experienced at the hands of Abram and Sarai. And Matthew 10:30 tells us, "The very hairs of your head are all numbered." 
Jesus saw Nathanael as he sat under the fig tree, and a blogger named Mimi Davis provides further insight regarding this detail. She explained, and I quote, Fig trees provided excellent shade from the sun, and a common practice was to sit under the tree's branches to contemplate and meditate on scripture. End quote. Jesus saw Nathanael as he sat and studied the scriptures, and when he revealed this fact, Nathanael saw Jesus for who he is, the Son of God and King of Israel. God has the perfect way of reaching individual hearts. He does not necessarily draw every person to Christ in exactly the same way. I believe He connects with us based on how He made us and in accordance with what will resonate with us. For Nathaniel, knowing Jesus saw him first totally awed him and led him to faith in Christ. Your story might differ, and and I know mine does, but even though God is creative and reaches hearts in different ways, He always leads people to His one and only Son, His beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I realize most, if not all of you who listen to this podcast already believe in Christ, but if you don't, I invite you to see Jesus just as Nathaniel saw him that day long ago. Jesus is fully God and fully man, the promised king of Israel. Nathaniel's faith in Christ stands out as a life-changing moment, and it will be the same for you. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Do you believe in Him? And for those who already have trusted Christ as Savior, may you be encouraged today by knowing Jesus sees you just as He saw Nathaniel. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, or whatever's being done to you, the Lord sees you and loves you. Open your heart again to Jesus and ask Him to show you even greater things. I say this in reference to John 1 verses 50 and 51. You see, Jesus told Nathanael he'd see greater things than the fact he saw him under the fig tree. The Lord promised Nathanael and and really all the disciples because one source I read revealed that that when Jesus used the word you here, it was plural. So just keep that in mind. Uh, The Lord promised uh, that Nathanael and the disciples would see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, you might wonder like I did what that means. So let me paraphrase an insight from a writer named Nick Cady. When Jesus made this statement, he was referring to an Old Testament story in Genesis 28. You probably remember it. Jacob had a dream about a ladder that touched heaven and earth, and the angels were ascending and descending on it. 
And let me quote this next part. What Jesus was saying to Nathanael in John 1, 51, is that he is Jacob's ladder. He is the bridge that spans the gap between heaven and earth that God pictured to Jacob in that vision. It is in him that God has come from heaven to earth in order to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves, to lift us up into relationship with him and give us eternal life, end quote. I got a little choked up there. I'm sorry. It's just such a beautiful picture that Jesus is this ladder. He is the one who is the way to a relationship with God. The Lord revealed some amazing truths to Nathaniel when they met in person. And most significantly, the Lord revealed himself. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I have just been overwhelmed by the intricate details in this passage regarding Jesus' conversation with Nathaniel. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for revealing yourself to Nathaniel and revealing yourself to us. We love you. We worship you. We magnify your glorious name. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message about Nathaniel, the disciple who was skeptical, honest, and seen. Please remember to share a review about how this podcast is helping you. And until next time, this is Emily Wickham. Remember, God loves you. In Christ, you're indestructible.